You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget on Moody Radio 89.3. Marriage counselor and author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Five Love Languages, Dr. Gary Chapman is coming to our area February 4th or 11th for you and your spouse so that you can initiate some positive changes. That is something we're talking about today as we talk about not only this conference, but get to know Dr. Gary Chapman a little bit better. Gary, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Well, good morning, Bridget and Eric. Good to be with you guys. Yeah. First off, before we go too deep, we wanted to get a little bit of a knowledge about who Dr. Gary Chapman is. Do you hit the snooze alarm? And if you do, how many times a morning? (laughs) I do not hit the snooze alarm. I get up when the alarm goes off because I'm the one who said it the night before. (laughs) That's a good thought process. Okay. Um, What book are you reading? Well, right now I have been reading uh, a new uh, book that's not even out yet. It's a manuscript. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Something you wrote? (laughs) No, it's on prayer, and it's written by Bill Thrasher, who is a professor at Moody Bible Institute and has been there for 43 years, as I remember. And it's just a great book on on the prayer. Not, Not just, you know, prayer is important, but... Uh, how to make prayer a way of life, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're just talking to God and listening to God, really, kind of all day long. So I'm, I'm very impressed with it. It won't be. I don't know when it'll be out because mm-hmm. I'm just reading it to see if I can give an endorsement, and I can. So <laughs> <laughs> very good. After all these years, are you still learning? I, I think I know the answer to this, but I, I think it's good for all of us to hear. Are you still learning as you read books about prayer or study or whatever it might be? You know, yes, personally, that's true. And I think it really is true for all of us if we are open to be learning. Uh, I just believe that, you know, life is constantly learning. I mean, we know we know a little <laughs> in terms of all that is to be known about God, about our relationship with God, and about everything else in life. You know, I, th- I think it was uh, Sir Isaac Watson who, who once said, or Watts, who used to say, who said, Sometimes I feel like I'm a child walking on the seashore, and once in a while I find a unique shell, while all the rest of knowledge lies like the ocean, yet undiscovered. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, if that's true for him, (laughs) it's true for us. (laughs) Oh, that's a good reminder for all of us. Okay, what's your go-to breakfast, like maybe your everyday breakfast? Okay, here's what it is every single morning. I do an orange, if I'm at home, I do an orange, I eat an orange, and then I have Cheerios on which I put honey and walnuts and blueberries and a banana. And that's my breakfast every morning for eighty for eighty five years. No, All right, no, no, no. I didn't do that when I was a child. Right, right. Do, do you but use? Yesterday was my birthday. I turned eighty five. Oh, I used, happy I used to think, birthday! I wish I used we would think it was really old. You know, no, no, it's not old. Spring chicken. You're just getting started. Wow, that's amazing. Happy birthday! Yes. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Do, okay, I I need to know though because now with if you say cereal, it used to be and I put milk in there. But do you use almond milk or oat milk or skim milk or 2% or whole. I mean, what kind of, you have to have some kind of special milk in there, right? 2%. Okay. There you go. All right. And who, who would you consider your mentor? Well, you know, I've had a few along the way. Jim Merck was one. Uh, He's in heaven now. But when I was in college at Wheaton College, he uh, ran the Navigator uh, home. 
and uh, I lived with him my last year, and uh, he mentored us, as four of us, and he mentored each of us individually, and we had a weekly Bible study with him. And uh, I still, I still, you know, remember and practice some of those things that he taught me in those days. Wow. There's a lot there. I'm so glad that we could get to know you just a little bit. But one of the reasons we want to do that is because you are coming to South Florida February 4th and 11th in West Palm Beach and Fort Lauderdale for the Five Love Languages Conference. And that day is going to be packed full with some great seminars that you're going to help us with communication and understanding and expressing love. One of the seminar titles really caught my attention. That's Initiating Positive Change. You say it's one of the keys to a thriving marriage. Why do you say that? Well, I think the reality is we are all in a process of changing. Individually, we change, and consequently, the marriage changes. But positive change is a different thing. (laughs) Let's face it. Thousands of people can give you the story of how things got worse in their marriage. You know, we were really happy at first before we got married, and then (laughs) Mm -hmm. they tell you I went downhill. Well, uh, what we want is to have positive change. And so that's what I'm talking about in that uh, in that session is uh, how do we have positive change rather than just letting the things that happen lead us on a downward journey. You know, we're changing, but we're changing for the worse. So let's learn how to change for the better. You know, one of the things in the description of it, it says working towards clarity. And I think many times it's clear in our eyes, but we... We struggle to find the clarity as if we're looking through the eyes of our spouse. Many times we don't try to put the shoe on the other foot, right? That, that clarity is hard for us to um, understand it through their eyes. We really need to kind of look through their lens to get a better description of what's going on, right? That's true, and it doesn't happen just by nature. Mm. You know, by nature, we do exactly what you said. We see the world through our eyes, and we have a difficulty understanding how could anyone not see this? <laughs> right. Right. What's wrong with them? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, if we're going to have positive change, we first got to put ourselves in the other person's shoes and try to look at the world through their eyes. They've had a different history. You know, they have a different mind. We're all unique. And so if we first try to understand the other person, and that means what, you know, most people call empathetic listening. That is really consciously trying to see the other person's position. You don't have to agree with it, but you still want to see it, you know, and you have to ask enough questions to you. They can, you can honestly say, you know, I think I get it. I think I see what you're talking about. And I can see how that makes sense. And it always makes sense in their head. <laughs> and when you say that, uh, you know, now, you say, now let me share my perspective. And because you have listened to them, and heard them and affirmed, you know, their thoughts. It doesn't mean you agree with them, but you affirm their thoughts. Then they will likely listen to you. And you get two people listening to each other, trying to understand each other. Then you can honestly say, "Okay, I think we understand each other now. Now, what? How can we? How can we resolve this? How, what, what can we do that we can both agree on here?" And you start looking for solutions, you know, rather than trying to convince them that we got to do it this way. Uh, We don't get very far if we're just trying to make our spouse do what we want. Mm -hmm. Talking to Dr. Gary Chapman about the Five Love Languages Marriage Conference and specifically one of the sessions, Initiating Positive Change. You also say you're going to give advice on how to handle those strong disagreements, which you were just just talking about. But help us understand why disagreeing is not necessarily a bad thing. It's how we do it. 
Yeah, you know, disagreeing is absolutely there in every single marriage, simply for one reason. We're human, and humans don't have the same thoughts. They don't have the same feelings. They don't have the same history, and we are uniquely made. And we, we, we acknowledge that, you know, intellectually. We say, oh, yeah, we're all unique, but we don't want to let the other person be unique. <laughs> <laughs> and And if we think that there is a problem in the marriage. In fact, let me put it this way. If you say to the to, to most people, what what could be done to make to make your marriage better? I can almost guarantee you they'll tell you something that if their spouse would change, it would be better. You know, if my husband would just da 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 da, it would be better. If my wife would just, you know, and and that's the way we look, you know, is is that if they would just do it what I want them to do. Uh, but real growth and solving those differences is respecting the humanity of each other. You know, I sometimes say to the husband, why don't you just tell your wife, honey, I've decided I'm going to treat you like a human, <laughs> which means I'm going to let you have thoughts I would never have. And when we disagree, I'm going to listen to you. And I want to hear your perspective. I want to hear what you have to say. <clears throat> I want to try to understand it. And then I hope you'll you'll hear me the same way, and we can focus on solving our differences and finding a way to work with our differences. Not, it's not that we're going to necessarily one of us go to the other side, though sometimes we can do that. After we hear their side, we can honestly say, you know, honey, uh, you know, I, I've told you how I feel, but I really think in this situation it's better to do what you want, what you've got in mind here. So let's do it that way. Or you find, or you look for something in the middle, you know, that you can agree on. Sometimes, if it's late at night, you have to say, honey, obviously we're not going to solve this tonight, but why don't we just agree to disagree right now, and we'll pick this up again tomorrow or maybe next week and and see what what we can come out to. But, you know, rather than going to bed angry with each other and turning your back on each other and feel like they don't understand me, far better just to put it on the shelf for the night. It's... All part, as believers, it's part of the sanctification process, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, Christians have it on non-Christians in terms of the ability to have a good marriage, because we have outside help. Mm. (laughs) We have God not only telling us what to do, but giving us the power to do it. You know, he says, be kind to one another. Simple. Be kind to one another. But by nature, we're not kind, you know. <laughs> you know? But if we say, oh, God, I've read this. Here's what you say. Be kind to my husband, Lord. Really? I mean, the way he treats me. <laughs> but, Lord, I want to be I want to be like Jesus. He was kind to those who killed him. He prayed for the people that were killing him and said, Lord, forgive them. They don't even they don't understand what they're doing. You know, God can give us the ability to be kind to our spouse, even when they're not being kind to us. And that has a tremendous influence on them, you know, yeah. rather than coming down negative on them, which also has an influence, a negative influence. Being kind to someone who's not being kind to you has a positive influence on them. Mm-hmm. And on you. I mean, this is going to be a day packed full with this type of wisdom, this type of advice. Who is this conference for, Dr. Chapman? It's married couples of all ages. We have couples who have been married for 30 and 40 years who come to this conference because they have the concept we talked about earlier. we got to always keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. And uh, we have 
young couples who've just gotten married. In fact, we have engaged couples who come. Once in a while, we have single adults who just say, I want to learn about marriage. You know, my parents didn't do it well. I, I, I want to learn about it now before I get married. So it's for couples of all ages. And, you know, also people who lead uh, and, and have an interest in leading uh, marriage enrichment things in their own church, they're going to get a lot of practical help on how to help others. So even if they have a great marriage, you know, this will give them some tools that they can use in helping other couples. 